Welcome to the Translate Your Doctor podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Figures, joined as always with my friend and co-host, Dr. Trey Sertis. Trey, good evening. Good evening. We are catching you on a nice stretch. I think you've got a couple weeks off, which is super exciting. But as always, you're keeping yourself super busy. You've got a wedding coming up. Mm-hmm. We've got a bachelor party coming up. You are <laughs> dressed to impress because you were teaching today, even though you're technically off and not on your regular. I'm off service. That's off the service. key. I'm off service. So I'm not seeing patients, but I have all my other responsibilities. So. Very exciting. The exciting life of a, of a physician who uh, also does teaching uh, on the <laughs> side. Trey, we're doing something a little different today. We're talking about something that is very hard to define that you and I traded text messages to try to nail down exactly, mm-hmm. which is integrative medicine. So on the theme of what's working in healthcare, something that I was involved in and was really uh, interested in when I was managing my primary care practice as the administrator was the development of this integrative medicine program at that practice. And the person that co-developed it with me was a man by the name of Dr. Keith Epic, who agreed to join us on the program today. And I felt like Dr. Epic would be the best person to Uh, talk about what integrative medicine is, talk about how he uh, views it, how he utilizes it, and to also put some edges around it. Because something that you helped me with is I use this term, I throw it around a lot, oh, integrative medicine. And there's this big miasma of like, I don't exactly know what integrative medicine means and, and what we're talking about when we talk about that. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And that's why I'm excited. Because again, I, I, I think that who better to talk about it than Keith and yourself, because my practice is not particularly integrative. It is very conventional. And because it's an acute care setting, I mean, it's the patients at their sickest. And generally speaking, the things they need in those moments are conventional therapies. It doesn't help that I'm in a hospital, which favors and concentrates that. It doesn't help that I'm at an academic institution, which largely shirks and, and kind of sidelines of many of these integrative therapies. And so I think it's so exciting to hear from somebody who not only knows about this, practices it, and sees its efficacy as well as its weaknesses. And I think that that offers so much context that I could never give. So yeah, I think that's what I'm excited about. Exciting. All right, we're going to jump in. Well, welcome to Dr. Keith Epic. Keith, thank you so much for joining Trey and I on the Translate Your Doctor podcast this afternoon. Oh, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. So Keith, full disclosure, Keith Epic, Dr. Keith Epic and I used to work together. He was the uh, medical director, vice president at the, uh, the family practice clinic that I used to be administrator for. And we thought he was the perfect person to have on for our discussion about uh, integrative medicine. What does integrative medicine even mean? When uh, Trey and I were doing the prep for this uh, podcast, this interview, I told Trey I wanted to talk about integrative medicine, and he suggested we have Dr. Epic on, and he sent me a very sincere text that just said, define integrative medicine for me. Define what that even means. And (laughs) I did- it's sure, absolutely, and that's the, yeah, very a uh, very big gray area. So I did my my very best. So Keith, you get the you get to do your best with that question as well. What is when we're t- when we talk about integrative medicine, what does that even mean? Yeah, so you know, this is one of those things that uh, is really hard to define. So uh, I understand sort of the question. First off, it's I think many people have heard the term integrative medicine, but but if asked to explain it, you'd be like, just, mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe acupuncture, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so here, here's how I think about integrative medicine. So I, I guess I would 
start with what conventional medicine is. So think about conventional medicines. You and your doctor and the, the nurse and the health system to which you belong and your pharmacy and, and maybe a little bit beyond beyond that. But that's sort of conventional medicine. You get sick, you go to the doctor, they give you medicine, you go home, hopefully you get better. If not, you call your doctor and, and kind of go down that, that cascade. Mm-hmm. So integrative medicine, I think it, it, its origin comes to some extent from, from the recognition that something is missing with conventional medicine in terms of from the patient side, what the patient feels they're, um, they're getting as, as a product or, or as a way of approaching the, their health. So, mm-hmm. so I, I think of <clears throat> integrative medicine as three prongs. Um, one is conventional medicine, and, and that takes up the major part of it. Like that you can't have integrative medicine without conventional medicine. So it is not just I go see some uh, sort of woo-woo doctor and, and they, they take care of everything. It's, it's conventional medicine at its core. That is, as I see it anyways, that's the major part of, of what integrative medicine relies upon is good conventional medicine. But in addition, it can add on <clears throat> two parts. The other prong would be sort of complementary and alternative medicine. So that may be an acupuncturist, um, chiropractor, supplements, you know, you know, Reiki therapy or a variety of therapies that, that might sort of add value to, to the way a person feels or help them get through a certain health condition that may be acute or chronic. And then the third prong is self-care. And self-care is it's more than just diet and exercise. It's mindset, it's mindfulness, it's your socioeconomic barriers. And, and so when you think about the, the three prongs of pulling in conventional medicine, complementary medicine, and self-care, then you can get to a, you know, to use the term holistic or, or sort of more integrated uh, way of thinking about health and all the many ways in which we can get to a, a state of wellness, either by prevention or by management of chronic disease through that lens. So that's sort of my kind of how I broadly describe integrative medicine and even still recognize the fact that there is vagueness and sort of how I've just described it. Yeah, no, I love it. And and I was maybe giving Patrick too hard a time via text about it because, but you're hitting on that exact thing, which is it leans into the artistic side of medicine, which, you know, it, I think I talk about this with learners. I'm sure you think about this in your own practice too, which is the management's easy. The allopathic osteopathic side of medicine, which is what you're describing the conventional side of medicine, the biochemical side, the mechanistic side, the pathophysiologic side of medicine, that stuff's pretty easy because the book just tells you, well, this is what you do for this problem. But as I'm sure you can attest to much better than I, as I practice in the acute care setting, you're an outpatient and you're dealing with people who are coming to you over and over and over again with these problems. You establish a relationship with them is that sometimes the answer, the management doesn't make people feel better, you know, and that they are left wanting for something else. And I think that as you described it, Keith, this, this integration of all these other things, you're hoping to address what the patient wants and needs. Those aren't always the same thing, but hopefully they are. I don't know if that's resonating with you. Yeah, no, you're unintentionally. I think you've teed up all the sort of the, the gooey things I like to talk about. So first one is relationships, you know, yeah. so much of family practice or internal medicine, mm-hmm. you know, in the primary care setting is that longitudinal 
nature with these relationships we build. And, and that's what we rely so much upon when we think about sort of doing what the patient needs. So a couple other things you mentioned there. One was sometimes doing what the patient wants or what they need. Really, I think the question is what matters to you? Like what matters uh, to you as a patient? And, 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 and so that is the starting point. I think, what do they want out of this? What what are their values? What's important to them? And, and frankly, you know, what are their expectations for this visit? You know, you got 15 minutes, maybe longer. When they walk out of the door, what are they, what were they looking for? So, so, and then the final element of what you just said was sort of strikes me with the concept of compassion. You know, we talk about the hard edges of compassion, which Patrick said, we speak a ton about compassion, but, you know, compassion is not just, you know, putting a hand, pat on the back, you know, it's, the empathy is is more the feeling of someone's suffering. Compassion has that component to it of empathy, but also the sort of desire to to affect change, positive change to help. And so, with with that aspect of compassion, we often have to force sort of some tough love, if you will, or some push patients in that certain direction. So, so yeah, I think that relationship is is where you're a I you know as a practicing uh, family practice dog. I'm able to rely on the relationship to then sometimes prod a little bit and, and push towards some of those harder edges of compassion where, where the patient may not love what I'm saying, but if it's said in a way where the patient feels like I, I really care about them and feels like I, I want to improve the situation, it usually goes over quite well because it's, I think they recognize it's coming from an authentic place, you know. Sometimes it doesn't, but that, that, I think that's it. Integrative medicine is, it's, it's not just the, we're not a computer algorithm because the computer algorithms are going to do way better about treating these acute conditions and then, then, you know, just a doc on an exam, but it's, it's so much more of what the patient's bringing with them as they walk in the door. So much more of that, you know, underlying conditions and, and the context of their story. Yeah. And you become, and Patrick, I, I, we don't want Dominic to come to, but like, and Keith, you become a Swiss army knife as opposed to just a, a butter knife, you know, in the sense that having a complement of tools at your disposal, not only in terms of how you approach patients, I'm sure you and I, you know, have our own strategies for how we deal with, you know, the scared patient, the angry patient, the happy patient, the sad patient, you know, and that is, those are those soft skills, but it is literally nicer to have more options in terms of what do we do with chronic pain? What do we do with chronic fatigue? What do we do with uncontrolled symptoms despite you are checking all the boxes with conventional therapy? And I find myself, and that's what I want to learn from you, is what can you offer those patients other than, again, those soft skills, which is compassion, like you're describing, empathy, like you're describing. But it's so nice with integrated medicine to be like, well, if I've tried these, if I've exhausted these conventional components, can I pull from these other things? Will that resonate with patients? Because you and I know, and I'm sure Patrick, you, you as well, the most powerful medicine we have in most circumstances, placebo, you know, that that, that is a very potent thing. And it, it, it almost does it not enough justice to call it just placebo, but really what you're doing is offering people, you know, an attentive ear or a therapeutic touch or just respecting what they, they're complaints you know and i yeah. don't know so there's there's something about that ritual of 
of treatment, even if it's just placebo, that patients do get better. So um, let me highlight just a yeah. couple things that thematically, I just, I really love listening to physicians in Iraq because there's just, there's these beautiful things that come up under the surface. Something Keith, obviously you and I've talked about this a lot and you, you built really the, the, the core element of your medical practices, integrative medicine team. There was a committee for a time. Uh, you were very involved in bringing in uh, some of the training and some of the speakers to talk about this integrative medicine, these tools suffusing what the physicians uh, at your practice do, which is a, a big part of us bringing it in is because of your experience and exposure there. But I also like this idea that integrative medicine is both a set of tools that you can use but it's also a mindset, which is really interesting. Uh, something, uh, Keith, that I've seen Trey do when speaking with people is Trey has this quality of listening because Trey is a, for our, our friend group, like the, the resident, like I have a problem, doctor, tell me, <laughs> fix me, help me uh, with advice. And Trey does this wonderful thing of he'll listen, he'll listen, he'll listen. And then he'll start with, well, so what do you want? What, what, what is a good outcome here look like for you? And I think that my understanding, having worked with physicians, that can be really difficult, I think, for you all as doctors, because a large part of your training, I think, teaches you to attack problems with a little more aggressiveness around like break, fix, break, fix, like jump in. Okay, well, here's based on what you've explained, like, here's what I think you need to do, right? Like, you know, the subjective, the subjective is just the facts, ma'am. And then if like, we're on to the, the OPE, we're on to everything else. And the subjective is this very, very small little piece mm -hmm. of the overall interaction. And I like this notion of like pausing and saying like, okay, like you've explained just the facts, ma'am. Well, why don't you tell me now, what's your interpretation? What do you think you need? What do you want to do? And then almost letting the patient lead. I think of, I think of that as this, this integrative element to like integrative medicine. It's almost like you can do integrative medicine, even if you don't bring in any alternative forms of medicine, just by having a more patient-centered, meeting the patient where they are mindset. That's my interpretation based on just that, that little bit of interaction there. Yeah, and you referenced Wayne Jonas earlier, and he's the one who really kicked us off with, <clears throat> it's the simple question of what matters. Mm -hmm. And I, I love it because it does distill in down to kind of the element of, of their values, but also to, to trade strategy. And what's the outcome they want? What are they, what are they looking for? And, you know, what are their expectations? What's important to them? So yeah, I think that to, to, to me, that element of, of what matters and mindfulness and and the way you have that doctor-patient relationship, that is a huge part of integrated medicine. And you can't have integrated medicine without that, frankly, because it's you got a toolbox and you just gotta really get a sense of doing an assessment, which really is not a narrow assessment, but a broad assessment. Then you pick the tool that works best. So, you know, in terms of, you know, what comes to mind if I'm a listener is, is maybe, okay, yeah, but what is it again? Or what are we going to do? So, you know, some of the things we, we may do would be get a group visit. If it's someone who just kind of is a loner and doesn't really understand their diabetes or, or someone who loves people, I don't know, maybe a group visit would be a good way to kind of learn for them. So, we, we, you know, we've set up group visits for, for our diabetics and help learn the process and, and have a, maybe a, a slower role where we can go, go in depth about the issue or, or maybe, you know, a Rossi or a massage therapy. You know, I, I have an example of how I use integrative medicine, which was the first patient I ever used it on after my training in terms of the auricular therapy. It's just 
ear-based acupuncture for pain relief mm -hmm. born out of the French tradition and used in the U.S. military. Um, I had a patient who's a pharmacist who came in with a 10 out of 10 neck pain. It was, she said, chronic cervical spondylosis, chronic, you know, arthritis of the neck. And it hit her head, pain, her neck had locked up, 10 out of 10 pain, crying in pain. And, you know, so, okay, here, here's what we're going to do. We're going to get the x-ray, right? We're going to uh, give you some prescriptions, which she's a pharmacist, she knows all about them. But, hey, if you're interested, while well, I send you down for the x-ray, would you be interested in me trying this auricular therapy on your ear? And I did, you know, 10-minute treatment of of this auricular therapy, which is a type of acupuncture. And her pain went down to four to 10 by the time she was back from the X-ray. She'd had it for three days locked up. And she was, now she was really crying, just tears of joy. And so that, you know, that was very meaningful to me. And, and, and as a doc, I don't get it. You know, a lot of times we just give someone comfort and we give them a prescription. And then three weeks later, they tell us how they were better. But right. to see in that narrow time span, actual evolution of, of improvement, it, it's kind of cool. You know, it's I'm not exactly a, you know, a, a surgeon pulling out an appendix and make it all better just like that. So, so, so it was, that's just an example of how, you know, I, it would not have been appropriate to, to not get an x-ray of her condition. Right. And, and just, just to do your, your acupuncture and send her on her way. Right. It's, you kind of got to do both conventional medicine. And then this is her sort of, these are add-on modalities, if you will. I love it. I mean, you hit on something, Keith, that I think is, it's intoxicating for as a, as a physician, like to be able to, I feel that's my hope for most of myself and many of my colleagues, You, which is like when you offer someone to like, and it works, man, it just, there's nothing better professionally when, when you're just like, wow, I, and, and that varies from person to person. Some people like it because they got the answer. Some people like it because the patient feels better. Some people like it because it means fewer visits from that person. You know, they're, everybody's got their own like right. uh, goalpost. But I, I truly think that seeing those changes in front of your eyes, yeah, I mean, it, it's intoxicating. I don't think there's a better word for it. And so I'm curious because I feel like if you say complementary medicine or integrative medicine to, I'm not going to make, I, I don't even have a percentage, but maybe a high minority, if not a, a small majority of physicians in training that they will maybe not outright disparage, but distrust what that is. Because again, that, that dogma of conventional medicine of allopathic and osteo osteopathic medicine is so great. But when I'm listening to you, and certainly when you talk to other patients who experience the benefits of integrative medicine, you know, can you, can you, deny those results, right? When you're a Swiss army knife, as opposed to, again, the butter knife, like we're describing. So I'm curious, is that something you experience? I mean, clearly you're in your practice, you work amongst your partners, you control that thing. And so I don't know if there's a lot of turnover for that reason, but I'm curious what your thoughts are. Yeah, you know, uh, that is a huge barrier in, in terms of how, how, Conventional medicine considers integrative medicine or these complementary modalities. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that element of, you know, acupuncture doesn't work, quote, you know, that's fine. You know, I, I don't, I'm not like personally attached to, to if other docs don't believe that it works. What matters to me is that the, the patient feels benefit and, you know, plenty of studies on, on patients with back pain and then they get better with acupuncture. You know, we love evidence-based medicine right. and, and we love to prove things work. 
And, and that's important, right? Especially we see this with these, you know, COVID treatments, et cetera. At the same time, you know, if something is low uh, risk and patient actually perceives benefit, I don't need to know how acupuncture works per se to know that, that patients get better. So, right. and I will say it, in my opinion, it depends on the, the environment you're in, you know, an academic environment of internal medicine docs is going to be different than an outpatient family practice setting. You know, the West Coast is going to be different than rural Texas. Plano is going to be more like a Scottsdale. You know, it's going to be people who are looking for it. And coupled with that is a huge, understandable mistrust of pharma and, and, sure. and don't rely on drugs for everything that, you know, the patients are looking for non-medical, non-medicinal modalities, mm-hmm. interventions. And, and so, and so it, it comes at a time, you know, the, if the sort of what you guys were kind of bringing this topic up for was what's going well, what's evolving in medicines. Mm-hmm. It's the times, you know, we're, we're looking at, you know, sadly, the huge mistrust of pharma when it comes to mm-hmm. vaccines and, and then also strange usages of, of medications it's and on the heels of you know the, the Sackler family and the the opioid crisis, patients aren't loving. There's not a lot of warm fuzzies with with, with the big pharma. So it, it 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 it's it is a area that I think will probably get more traction. Absolutely. And I would just sorry, Badger. I just one quick thing. and I Keith, I feel like you know when I'm interacting with learners and say I, I was hypothetically interacting with learners and they were like you know well roll their eyes or something like that about that. I would put posit to them. I'd say, now I want you to think about this. You come in with a patient who's got hypertension has been uncontrolled. You put them on one medicine, medicine A, and medicine A doesn't work. Do you take that personally when medicine A, do you have some emotional connection that medicine A didn't work and, and it's somehow reflected on like, it doesn't shatter your entire illusions about what conventional medicine can be? Or do you just kind of be like, okay, well, it doesn't work for some people. And so I'm going to use medicine B now because some people it works better for. And we don't always know mechanistically why that happens. But we, I've had patients who would like medicine B a little bit better and they're controlled on it. They just do that immediately. And what you're saying, which is like, you know what, I've got these things for your problem, but I also have these things. And they're pretty low risk. It's not like you're talking about homeopathy and cancer. Do you know what I mean? And I think that that's the conflation that many people will make, which is like, well, what can that mean? And that's a branding issue as much as anything, right? Just like it, what does integrated medicine include? I don't know. Just like what does conventional medicine include? It technically includes all surgical treatments, all medical treatments, oncologic and otherwise. Like, I mean, that's, that's thousands upon thousands of treatments yet you know, you say you, when you talk about it, it doesn't, people don't necessarily complete all those things. So I know I'm talking about multiple things, but I just, that's the thing. That's the thought scenario I would put that learner in or that situation to just be like, consider that in terms of when you think about failed conventional therapies and how you don't take that personally versus, you know, again, I tried acupuncture and yeah, it didn't work or it did work in this pharmacist example and it changed her life in that moment. So I don't know. I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. This is the best, one of the best examples I've ever heard, Trey. I love that analogy and that comparison because I I like the reframing of like, do you, do you judge Western medicine or traditional medicine every time a therapy doesn't work? Like, no, you don't. And that you moved on to the next therapy that might 
it might work for that patient. I love that. As saying a- people do. That's the funny thing. People do because people are disenchanted by conventional therapies because they're being failed by them in some ways. That's a fair Not point. In others, but yeah, in the, some ways. And the other thing I would say to your learners as well is, I mean, how many of your learners in Parkland or at, at you know, the public institution in Dallas don't have the ability to give every therapy to every patient because <laughs> the patient doesn't have access to those resources. And yeah. traditional community primary care, sometimes it's the wild west. Sometimes you just don't have access to resources for the, or you just know the patient doesn't have access to resources. Wouldn't you want a broader toolkit? Wouldn't you want a broader toolkit to help patients get access to a broader set of, uh, of resources? And th- that's the piece that always resonated with me with our primary care docs who said, man, I really want to do more for these patients. I just don't know what I can do for this patient because we're limited or the patient's limited or, or whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, most of us can only sort of in life can just see uh, truth uh, and reality from our own experience and our vantage point. And so, you know, when I think about your new learners and, and how they approach it, or my young docs that I mentor, you know, I, and, and then people who are fraudulent out there selling, you know, right. what they may call functional medicine, integrative medicine, holistic medicine. And I hear about, you know, some things which sound ridiculous, you know, like find out if I'm allergic to milk by holding up a gallon of milk, like, uh-huh, like, I don't right. get that. Right. right. And, and, and so, you know, who knows, maybe that's a, Surefire test for allergy. I don't know, but I doubt it. So, but then I have, so it's so, to, to me, this only works in the frame of conventional medicine first. You know, it, it's important to integrate how a person views their health, what they want, what their goals are, how they view the world, you know, whether they're open to integrative medicine, whether they're open to West Eastern medicine, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you know, it's like, it scares me, I guess, to just say, yeah, it's all, it's all good. Consider it, give it a try. You know, I have a, an employee who I won't go too much details, but blood sugar was over 400 and she's trying to control it with cinnamon. And I'm like, well, it's proven that cinnamon can help. You need insulin. Like you're going right. to go to the hospital. You need to get treated now. And so, so it, there is a risk to just relying, as you said, and treat your cancer with, with some herbs right. that is uh, terrifying. So the experience of a knowledgeable physician, yes, or you know, advanced practitioner, to know how the human body really works and what's sound, and then incorporate some things. I think you have to start from there. You can't, in my opinion, you can't start from the other side. It's it's a little too scary. So that's just my temperance of of my enthusiasm for all three things complementing. Oh, yeah, yeah. It doesn't make it easier. It just gives you more options that that's and that's what i find and you've been so generous with your time Keith. so we'll be we'll honor your heart out but you know i think that that's what i find learners have the hardest time with. that's what young practitioners have the hardest time with which is that i say it very i'm saying it more and more the management is easy if you know what the problem is the management's easy the context is hard Mm. is is going back to our hypertension problem our elevated blood pressure it's like well i got this medicine a boom medicine a got it right here and and then you say, well, medicine A didn't work. And the learner's like, ah. <laughs> like uh, and the next step is learning about medicine B, C, D. And then eventually, though, it's now figuring out, well, why are they hypertense? You know, yeah. is, it, is it essential? Is it secondary? Is there other things? Is there pain? Are they drinking? Yeah. Are drinking? You know what I mean? Like, it's all these things. And that is what is really hard. And so 
you know, integrated medicine isn't just this panacea necessarily, nor is it a fraud. It's just more tools. And that's always scary. Having more tools is, I think, seemingly comforting to many, but is actually functionally can be overwhelming to, to most because the structure of just having one way of going about it, I find when I'm interacting with learners and when I reflect on times myself, when I'm insecure, it's like, man, I really wish I just had one thing to do because that's so much easier. Yeah. If you're at a small grocery store in the country and they've got one yes. brand of ketchup, it's really yeah. easy. <laughs> yeah. It's like, ah, it's great. Awesome. Made for me. Yeah, you know. Keith, we're going to do a, a part two. This is wonderful. Time yeah. flew by because this is such a great discussion and you're always a joy to, to speak with. So we're going to have you back on, but we're going to honor your, your heart out. That way we don't make you tardy for your next uh, commitment and we'll, we'll catch up with you soon. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks. Best thanks. wishes. Thanks again to Dr. Keith Epic for joining us on the episode this week. We will catch everyone next week. As always, you can find us at translateyourdoctor.com. You can email us at www. Or nope, that's the translateyourdoctor.com. You can email us at translateyourdoctor at gmail.com. Like us, leave us a comment. We always appreciate it. Trey, let's do it again next week. Thanks so much.